Stickered Up, the official podcast of the Cars Tour is on the air. Presented by Solid Rock Carrier. The Cars Tour, the premier late model stock series. Short track racing at its very best. Stickered Up will feature A-list guests, the hottest topics, race previews, recaps, the good, the bad, and the ugly. It happens on the Cars Tour. Stickered Up is chewing on it. Here's your host, Stephen Dunn. Happy race week, everyone. Stephen Dunn, Stickered Up Podcast, the official podcast of the Solid Rock Carriers Cars Tour. It is race week, and it is race number five for the late model stock cars. This weekend at Caraway Speedway, the David Saunders 265. Um, we're going to obviously preview that race. We're going to preview that race with our most recent Cars Tour winner from the race at Ace two weeks ago. Mr. Lane Riggs is in studio. We'll recap this, and we'll talk with Lane a little bit about the Ace uh, about the race at Ace and his first win of the 2021 season. And uh, he did it in dominating fashion. Lane didn't start on the pole, but he might as well start on the pole. He led 124 of 121 laps. Pole sitter Bobby McCarty did get a chance to lead one lap. That was lap 89. And I don't even really know that he led that lap. It was door-to-door at the start-finish line. But Bobby finished second, Justin Johnson third, Jared Fryer fourth, and Jonathan Schaefer with his first top ten, top 10 of the 2021 season. We'll go to our friends here now at Pit Road TV to recap the final laps and hear from Lane Riggs in Victory Lane, courtesy of Pit Road TV and Tony Stevens. To the KRC Power Steering Start Zone, Bobby McCarty is the Hedgecock pole sitter. The green lights are on. The field barrels off. The race at Ace 125 is green. New leader, lap number 89, Bobby McCarty inches ahead of Lane Riggs, but Riggs right there through the center, able to muscle it back from him momentarily. Lane Riggs set out to win this race. He said, I'm not going to take anything less than a win the way our season has been, and perhaps 2021 is going to be back on track. White flag is in the air for Bahama, North Carolina's Lane Riggs. He has got about, oh, one second back to Bobby McCarty as they cruise down the backstretch here at a speedway. Lane Riggs will emerge off turn four and win the race at ace 125 for the solid rod carriers late model stock cars tour second to bobby mccarty justin johnson third jared fryer fourth and jonathan schaefer finishes in fifth here he comes out of the car lane riggs is a winner in the race at ace 125 Lane gets congratulations from Bobby McCarty. Everybody had a good time. They enjoyed it, raced each other clean, and put on a show. Kirk Ipot comes in. Lane, you told me after Tech this afternoon that you had a car as good as you had at Carteret last year, and you just hoped you could hold on to it and pull this thing off. How'd you do it? Because you made it look easy. Uh, all these guys, man, Dad and everybody at home, they give us a great car every weekend. Uh, we fight sometimes. We don't have the best weekends every weekend, but... We do the best we can with what we got, and uh, we're here in Victory Lane. And uh, congrats to, to Bobby. You know, we, we put on a really good race right there. Hope that all the fans enjoyed it. Everybody at home on Cars Tour TV enjoyed that. I know that, that me and him are considered some of the best at Ace Speedway, and I feel like I dethroned Mr. Ace Speedway tonight. So, uh, really proud of all, everybody, all my sponsors, Per Your Tank Lines, Solid Rock Carriers, Turner Asphalt. Justin Johnson comes in. Congratulations. Uh, Creech Heating and Air. Um, Riggs Auto Repair, Glenn Tire Sales, DreamWorks Motorsports, Masking Auto Service, United Auto Parts, Durham. Uh, a lot of local people that help us out a lot and get us to these racetracks. What does this do now for your 2021 campaign lane? Because the first three or four races, things didn't go the way necessarily you wanted. 
does this now put everything back on track to maybe pursue that championship that has been so hard for you to get? Well, we're going to try the best we can. We try to get the best finish every race we go to and uh, just haven't had the best luck. Just the luck comes and goes sometimes. But uh, when you have good cars, you usually get more lucky when you get to stay out front and have that track position. But uh, what a race, man. That was amazing. That was Lane Riggs in victory lane. Week and a half ago, the race at Ace in Altamaha, Hall, North Carolina, his first win of the 2021 Cars Tour season, race number four. Uh, and we're talking about that. We're now a third of the way through the 2021 season, and we're going to recap that a little bit here in the show as well. But just to give you the full rundown of the race at Ace 125 at Ace Speedway, 19 cars took the green flag. Uh, a lot of attrition in this race, um, a lot of beating and a banging. Um, some pretty gnarly wrecks out there to be quite honest with you and uh lane riggs again comes out on top led 124 of 125 laps bobby mccarty second justin johnson third jared fryer fourth jonathan schaefer fifth sam butler who started shotgun on the field uh, and sam butler actually destroyed his primary car in practice on thursday Went back to the shop, got a backup car, started shotgun on the field, and was able to get all the way up to sixth place. Caden Honeycutt finished seventh. Brandon Pierce, who was in an early accident, didn't even have a front end on the race car. He came home eighth. Joe Valento, ninth for his best run of the 2021 campaign. Jonathan Finley, tenth. Sam Yarborough, eleventh. Dylan Ward, who had a really good run early on in the race, actually started the race third, ran up front for the majority of the first half of the race. He comes home twelfth. Daniel Silvestri, 13th. Deke McCaskill, who was one point behind Bobby McCarty going into the race at Ace with a disappointing 14th place finish. Trevor Ward, 15th. Mason Diaz, 16th. Connor Jones, 17th. William Cox, the third, 18th. And Minnie Tyrell finished 19th. Uh, looking at the Solid Rock Carriers points going into this weekend's race at Caraway Speedway. Bobby McCarty, the two-time champion, he is in front with 120 points. Jared Fryer, the defending champion, he's 11 markers back in second place. Deke McCaskill, third. Justin Johnson, Lane Riggs, both of our guests here in studio, they're both tied for fourth. They're 23 points behind. Caden Honeycutt is sixth. Sam Butler, seventh. Sam Yarborough, eighth. Brandon Pierce, ninth. And Daniel Silvestri is tenth in the championship points heading into this weekend's event at Caraway Speedway. Caution flag is out. We're going to come down pit road. We're going to stick her up, and when we return, we'll talk with Lane Riggs. We'll recap his win at a speedway. We'll talk about his test at Rockingham this past week. Uh, he actually was involved with the tire test, but we'll talk to him about that after we take this break. You're listening to the Stickered Up Podcast. Stickered Up, official podcast of the Cars Tour. Delivery by truck, part of the lifeblood of our nation. Solid Rock Carriers, LaGrange, North Carolina, gets the job done. Specializing in general freight and refrigerated foods. And here's an opportunity for you. You can join the Solid Rock Carriers team. If you have a CDL license and would like to find out more, call 252-521-1757. 252-521-1757 for Solid Rock Carriers. Supporting short track racers and industry professionals. And the title sponsor of the Cars Tour. Get the picture with Pit Road TV, the official home of Cars Tour TV. 
where winners watch their favorite races. If you can't make it to the track, tune in and let Tony Stevens and Hannah Newhouse bring you all the action for the Cars Tour. Hit Row TV. Check them out online. HitRow.tv. That's HitRow.tv. Don't change that channel. BST, Bryant Shock Technology, providing proven race-winning shock technology. The only thing that will shock are the affordable prices. BST offers sales, service, and repair of racing shocks, plus suspension-related components for a wide range of race cars. With 20-plus years of NASCAR experience and a decade as a shock specialist, contact P.J. Bryant, 704-701-5585. That's 704-701-5585. Tell him you heard about BST on Stickered Up. Stickered Up. Needing new tires and trying to fit that in your budget doesn't have to be stressful. You just need to know where to go, and that's Thrifty Tire, your locally owned source for new and used tires. Two locations, Durham and Roxborough, not just tires. Auto repair, wheels, brakes, alignment, and suspension. Online at thriftytireonline.com. The official car care service center, the official pit stop of the Stickered Up podcast. Race Cars, building championship race cars, provider of championship winning late model stock chassis. RNS Services, providing chassis, body hanging, turnkey purchases, parts, and baseline setups. Contact RNS today at 336-213-0736. That's 336-213-0736 to start building your next winning race car. That's RNS Race Cars, 336-213-0736, South Boston, Virginia. This is Kane Honeyka, driver of the number four Justin Johnson Racing Ford. You're listening to the Stickered Up Podcast with Stephen Dunn. Green flag back out, Stickered Up Podcast, the official podcast of the Solid Rock Carriers Cars Tour in studio with me, the most recent winner of the Cars Tour race at Ace, Mr. Lane Riggs. Lane, welcome back to the Stickered Up Podcast. Appreciate you letting me be here. Uh, usually when I'm here is when I'm winning, so that's always a good thing. Well, the, the first time we had you in studio after the Dillon race, you were close to victory, um, led the white flag lap, got passed on the last lap, and we told you that if you got the opportunity to win a race, we'd be more than welcome to have you back on, and you did it in quite dominating fashion at Ace a week and a half ago. And our conversation at the racetrack, you know, you told me that you had a really good race car, and you don't get race cars that often. Tell me how the weekend went from from when you guys unloaded on Thursday afternoon to Victory Lane on on Friday night. Yeah, we we went and tested up at Ace, and I'm pretty familiar with the racetrack, so uh, we went and you know, we tried some new stuff on the car that we've never had before, and I, I feel like it was pretty good. Uh, we went up there and tested. Didn't have a lot of people to really base our times off of, but. Uh, we came back with everybody else, and we were almost top of the chart a lot of the a lot of the practices. So, uh, you know, when you have a good car, you can feel it in your butt, and and I knew it in this in practice. So, uh, going into the race, I was pretty confident. We we qualified on the front row, just barely missed the pole uh, to Bobby McCarty. So, uh, a lot of people were saying that me and him were the two fastest of the weekend, and that was my prediction coming in as well. So, uh, I was pretty happy, and then started second. A little weary about starting on the outside, and. Luckily, the car was good enough that we could just roll by on the initial start and, like you said, led almost every lap but one. Yeah, and I think the the one thing, too, is you've been – you've you've told me in the past that you're not necessarily like flat tracks. But, man, you're really good at flat tracks. You look at flat tracks like a Speedway where you've won not just, you know, this past, you know, cars race, but you've won the Rodney Cook. 
correct? Mm -hmm. uh, we did. Yes, two years ago. Two 2019. years ago. Yep. So you've won the Rodney Cook. So you've won there before. You've always run good there. You've won at Carteret, the two cars races at Carteret. You've gone down to Carteret. You've run good at Langley. So have you changed your opinion on flat tracks and how good you really are on them? Yeah, it was always kind of skeptical because Orange County is my home track. That's one of the more banked ones that we go to. And uh, we were pretty dominant at, at Orange County when I first started racing. And then I don't know. We just started going to the, all these flat tracks that the cars tour goes to, and I just seem to be really strong. I mean, I'm really not sure why. Uh, flat tracks aren't my favorite to drive on, but for some reason we have a lot of speed there. So I don't know if it's just car setup or just my driving style or whatever it is, but uh, you tend to like tracks that you're better at. So uh, flat tracks can be considered my favorite track now. Yeah, well, as we, and as we look forward to this weekend's cars tour race, it'll be race number five of 12. Um, in the in the championship chase, you've moved yourself up um, after a really strong finish at Dillon with a second. Your your win here at Ace a week and a half ago, not so great at, at Hickory, and then obviously some issues at Orange County. But you find yourself in fourth, tied with Justin Johnson. You're 23 markers behind Bobby McCarty. Championship is something that you've always strived for. You've been close so many times. Does the win at Ace kind of rejuvenate you and feel like you can make a run at the championship here in the in the last seven races? Yeah, hopefully a little bit for sure. I mean, early in the season, I mean, like you said, we're only about a third away through the season, but uh, usually early on, you don't really think about points that much. You just try to do the best you can, and you know, about the three quarter mark in the season, you you get to looking and doing the math and thinking of what we got to do to be successful here at the end and, and possibly get that championship. But uh, the first race we were second, I was like, great, that's a great points day. Then we went right to Hickory and finished 18th and I just completely threw points out of my mind and then uh, especially at Orange County I mean after Orange County I was already you know kicking myself saying we're, we're out of the championship this year you know this isn't our year so uh, Ace definitely brought us back I actually didn't even know that we were fourth at the moment till you said it earlier in the intro so uh, happy about that I, I think that we still have a shot it always comes down to those one or two points down at the end of season the car Stewart's always tight championship battles so uh, if we have good enough cars and we keep having that luck and having strong finishes in the top five, I don't see why we couldn't be in victory lane at South Boston with a championship trophy. I think the one thing that I've noticed in the last three years with the championship and how it's been decided there at the last, you basically are, I'm not going to say given a mulligan, but it seems like everybody that is in that championship chase there, you get one, maybe two races that you can kind of throw away, but that being said, you know, you didn't run great at Hickory. Obviously, Orange County had some bad luck, didn't have the finish that you wanted there. Do you feel like it's from here on out in order to be there at the end? It's got to be top fives. It's got to be top threes every weekend from here on out. For sure, pretty much. I mean, uh, Bobby McCarty is always the one that it's finishing in the top five. I mean, I looked at the stats and all. He's pretty much, I think he's finished almost top five every race. I think maybe like a seventh or eighth at Dillon. But uh, those kind of finishes and the way our point system works, consistency is key just like the, the old Winston Winston Cup point series was. and uh, You just got to be consistent. And I know Jared Fryer is known to be consistent, and that's why he won that championship last year. And I feel like we always have speed at all the tracks we go to, just can't always put it together, just like Orange County, the hood flying off, just some kind of freak accident, you know, bad set of tires at Hickory, just stuff that's kind of out of your control, you feel. And, and it really hurts because you know that you have fast cars every weekend, you're competitive. You just That consistency didn't come, and, and that's what brings championships. We're going to a racetrack that the Cars Tour has never been to uh, this coming weekend, uh, Caraway Speedway, um, 125 laps. Have you ever raced at Caraway? I know we practice and we'll talk about that, uh, but have you ever actually raced at Caraway? No, I have not. The first time I saw the track was last Tuesday. We went down there and ran a couple laps, and 
uh, we went with the same car we ran at Ace. It was funny. We went out in practice, and there was confetti flying out the back of the car going around the track nice. from Victory Lane. The tires still had confetti all over it and everything. The car was still dirty, but uh, very similar setup as, as Ace and feel like pretty similar driving style. Just asphalt's a little bit more worn, so it might be a little bit more of a tire conservation game than Ace. You know, Ace, you can pretty much go flat out the whole race. So uh, driving style, braking zones, uh, throttle pickup. I feel like the the way you're going to just have to wrap the bottom of the whole race is going to be a lot like Ace, and I think we're probably going to see the same kind of race in there, and uh, I'm happy for it. I think the Caraway is a track that is pretty big, and, and I feel like we should have been there in the past, to be honest, uh, compared to some of the other tracks we've gone to, so uh, looking forward to it for sure. I've never been to Caraway. Um, this will be my first trip uh, as a as a fan of racing. I always heard great things about it. But is it a flat? Is it is it considerably flatter track? Does it have any banking to it? I mean, what are the characteristics of of Caraway for someone that like myself that hasn't been to the Speedway? It, it, I'll tell you, if you wanted to go test somewhere from Martinsville, that's the place to go. It, it definitely has a little bit more banking. Uh, getting in the corners is a little bit rougher, but I mean the long straightaways, uh, decently sweeping corners. I mean, it, it is a paperclip track, but to be a paperclip track, it has you know pretty sweeping corners you don't have to be on the brake as hard in the corner so it's got some roll speed uh it is going to be a bottom feeder track i feel but i know these cars to races i don't know if it's just the lines that we run how many cars that we have but the top always seems to come in at some of these tracks and i've heard in the past that in in past years the top has come in but it's rare so but uh that's might be something we see in this race for a racetrack that you've never been to and um, obviously with with technology the way it is now the internet you can go back and look at videos and stuff like that. You can go practice, and you did go in practice and last week. How does that line up as far as, like, how your car is going to race, like where you're going to be able to pass? I mean, are those things that you think about in the race car when you're out there by yourself practicing, like, is the high line going to come in? Is Are we going to be able to make passes on the outside? I mean, how does how does that go through your head when you're out there practicing and you're running by yourself at a racetrack you've never been to trying to, like, think about what, race is going to look like yeah uh, when you're in practice you always want to set the car up to be as comfortable as possible you, know, you don't want to have to be fighting it and usually a comfortable car you can make maneuvers and, and be able to pass people pretty easily and you know, not be sliding all around so uh, you definitely want to do that but in practice it's just so easy to go out there and just try to run as fast as you can every single lap in practice and then you come in and say well i don't know what the car was doing i was driving it too hard so i know that, that a lot of the fast guys struggle with that and especially me and I uh, feel like sometimes you just got to slow down. You got to think about it. You got to get in a race groove and, and get out there and, and pretend that there's cars around you. But then again, in, in test sessions and, and open practices and such, the like I talked about lines, the lines are so different. You know, example, Langley in South Boston. In South Boston, well, really South Boston, if you run the high side in practice, you're a half a second to three quarters of a second off. And then the second or third lap of the race, if you're not on the high side, you're three or I mean half a second or three quarters of a second off. So it's just one of those things you really can't practice but so much for because you don't have true race conditions until unless you're actually in the race. So the best type of practice is running practice races. I, I know a lot of people go and run local races before the cars to races, and uh, I don't feel like there's anybody that really did this at Caraway. So I feel like it's going to be one of those tracks that we go to, and uh, not a lot of people have experience there. I feel like it was that way with Kingsport and a, a lot of other tracks we went to in the past. So it's going to be kind of blind for everybody, but I feel like it's going to be p- familiar at the same time. What happened at Kingsport when y'all went and everybody was blind? <laughs> we, we were pretty good. <laughs> if we had the same uh, the same outcome, we'll be happy. We, we battled with the, the lo and behold, Chris Van Dyke there for the, for the win, and 
uh, coming into the race, they said, Chris Van Dyke's the man. You you got to beat him. And uh, he finished second to us. So that was uh, definitely, even looking back now, one of my greatest achievements in racing. I felt like that was uh, one of the best races I've ever ran. Do you know what you, uh, you probably don't remember this, but this stands out. And I, I always tell this as one of my lane rig stories. Do you remember the conversation that we had um, after the first practice at Kingsport? And I asked you how the track was. Do you remember what you said? Uh, Walmart parking lot. Walmart parking lot. <laughs> you said it felt like we were riding around in a Walmart parking lot. I'll tell you, at the end of the race, it felt the exact same way. It was crazy track. It was just yeah. so much movement, so rough. Yeah. I mean, it literally felt like a Walmart parking lot we were racing around. But yeah. it, it showed to be a good race. The high line came in, and it was two-groove racing, and I think it put on a good show for everybody. I, I wouldn't mind going back there now. Yeah. Speaking of um, rough asphalt, uh, you were part of the third tire test for Hoosier and the Cars Tour at Rockingham Speedway last week. You and Timothy Peters went down there, and I feel like from what I've seen, and I'm interested to hear your comments, you guys had a whole lot more tires that you guys tested to make sure that you guys felt comfortable with the compound to go back there and race at the end of the year. And with all the news that we've heard, your comments, Timothy's comments, Jack McDelly's comments, you guys feel like we've got a tire that we can go and race there. Talk a little bit about what that test looked like. It's last Thursday, correct? Last Thursday, yep. Talk a little bit about what that test looked like for you and, and, and how comfortable you feel with the new tire compound that we've assumed is going to be what they bring back. And, and being able to go out there and run 25 lap, 30 lap runs, which you were able to do, which you weren't able to do, you know, um, back in December. Yeah, it was a lot different test and for the better. Uh, we ran the quote unquote general tires last time and it was kind of the not so much of a test of, you know, let's try these different tires. It was a test of we had these tires and if they don't work, you know, we're screwed. So we tested them, and, and we proved they weren't going to work. So uh, Hoosier had to go to work, and they did a great job. Uh, we came back, and we walked in, and it was just me and Timothy, and I think they had at least 20 sets of tires sitting there. And I was like, all right, we get to try all these different tires and combinations. So uh, I think they had set A through F or E, and I think we only got to D or E, and we kind of made a decision about it. So uh, we ran, and the tires were definitely better. I know the left sides, we, we tried some different stuff, and the left sides really don't see much wear there. You know, you, we can probably run the whole race on the left sides if you wanted to and not have to worry about them blowing out or anything. But the right sides is what we had. They uh, they were brand-new tires, and usually, like, we run Hoosier F45s, and they were blank. Like, they were called blanks on the sticker. It was really weird. Definitely a one-off tire they made. But uh, we got to set D, and... Those definitely were the lowest grip ones, but I was able to go out there and we were able to get 35 laps on those right side tires. And 35 laps for me is 35 qualifying laps. And I was making sure I ran hard every lap to give them the best test possible. And uh, it, it seemed like about 35 laps is all they would take, but the track had almost virtually no rubber on it, just besides what me and Timothy put down that day. And uh, we think if it gets rubbered up and we get more cars out there and we get a whole lot more... Um, people out there to run and, and wear the track in we could probably get you know 50 to 60 laps on a set of tires so i was uh surprised pleasantly surprised with the way the test went uh, i was kind of skeptical going back just seeing what we saw the first time and uh just going into it being kind of clueless of what kind of tire we're going to have but uh the cars tour uh hoosier and jack mcnelly they did a great job and getting us a bunch of tires and 
I know that me and Timothy were, were both pretty surprised at the end and, and for the right reasons. So uh, hopefully this is something that people can look at and, and be happy about to be able to come back and hopefully bring their cars and, and race on these tires. Now that you've had the opportunity to, to run, um, and obviously, you know, Timothy being, you know, having raced there before in the truck series, and obviously one of the factors of, of having you, obviously you're one of the better drivers in the Cars Tour, but obviously your dad raced there many years in the Xfinity and the, in the Cup Series. Any insight from dad on on how that test went and, and what he thought? I mean, I, I'm just curious because, you know, back in the day, and, and you know, your your tire man, Billy Chandler, I mean, he, he worked with the Cup Series, and he reminded me that he won his last Cup race at Rockingham with Jamie McMurray. Um, how, what, what was the input from those guys? Were they, were they, did they feel comfortable with what you guys were doing? They did. We, uh, we went out there at first with, with set D and they, they felt like it was probably the hardest and they were more confident in that set than any other set. They just wanted to try the other ones first. So, uh, we went out there and ran those and we ran 10 laps that came in and it looked pretty good. So we went out there and made a, a 20 lap straight run and we came in and, uh, they still, I mean, they were pretty wore out. I mean, the check holes were almost gone, but you probably still could have got five or 10 more laps out of them. And uh, a lap at Rockingham feels like forever. You go around and you're like, man, I could have run five or six laps on a, on a Wake County or Orange County by now. So yeah, uh, they were pleasantly surprised. They wear really odd compared to what a normal tire does. They, you know, have you ever seen tire after race and it kind of looks like it has waves in it, the way that it, the, yeah. the grains have, have wore the rubber? It's really different. It's like a, it's almost like a tear the way it works. Like the rubber almost tears apart when it starts to finally fall off. So uh, definitely a different type of tire than you would expect to see, which it should be, and it has to be for a track like Rockingham. But uh, definitely something that I think will be good on in the race. It seems like you can run it pretty hard, but things we talked about and the way they talked about trying to restrict the cars to slow them down to, to not wear tires as much, us race car drivers, we're going to drive it as hard as we can to the limit of the tires, and that's what we really got across to them, and we understood that this race is going to be based on tires, 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 tires. Tires is hopefully the only thing that touches the ground on a race car, and that's what pretty much what matters the most. So uh, if we can keep the four tires up under you and uh, be there at the end of the race, uh, I think a lot of people will have different opportunities. And uh, like I said, I just hope a lot of cars show up. I know it's not a points race, and uh, it's going to be pretty much the end of the season, but uh, hopefully people will, will put those braces in the car and, and you know take the gear out of it and be ready to go fast. Do you think that – I know that they they revised the date. Originally, they were going to go to the end of October. They've actually pushed it to the first weekend of November to kind of get drivers excited about it because they didn't want to compete with some of the bigger races that are in the, we call it big money racing, and you're very familiar with it, the Martinsvilles, the Rodney Cooks, the you know Myrtle Beach 400, which is now at Florence. But those big money races, Thanksgiving Classic, um, yeah, I think that that's I think that's the biggest wild card right now is how many people are are willing to to take the I don't want to call it a gamble, but it's an eight tire race, and Jack McNally made that very clear, and um, so it's an eight tire race. And you talked about, and this was intriguing to me. You talked about how the left side you could probably run it the whole race. Do you think that there's pit strategy where you never put on left side tires and you use all you know, you use your four sticker tires that are sitting there in the pits and put them, bolt them both onto the right side at times during the race. I tell you, as a driver, I would not want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was, Rockingham was a very, 
very abrasive track. I mean, you can almost base it off of a Myrtle Beach abrasiveness. I mean, we'd go out there and start, and you know, the first one or two laps, and I'm almost holding it wide open. I'm like, man, you know, we're flying right now. The car is perfect. Five laps later, we're terrible. Have to let way out, you know, be out of the gas for two or three seconds before we get back in it. Uh, it definitely has a huge fall off. And I mean, 10 laps into a run, we'd almost be a second, second and a half off. So definitely going to want tires at the end of the race. It just, we were talking about this too. If it's only eight tires, if you split it, you know, 50 50, at the end of the race, we have a restart, say a green, white checkered. I don't want 40 some laps on my tires. I want it to be brand new. And I feel like, you know, with a 28 car field, somebody, say somebody went slow in the beginning, save their tires, and then they get to the end of the race. And they got stickers sitting there in the pits, and and they're still in the lead lap. I mean, I feel like you could. It's one of those tracks where you could come like a cup race from dead last to the lead in probably three or four laps. So yeah, it, I think that us late model stock drivers uh, not having a whole lot of experience on these big tracks and possibly some strategy like that playing out and being only eight tire race, it could definitely be a barn burner. Is this where you feel like you may have a advantage having a you know a guy that did tires and in the cup series especially the cup track do you get do you feel like you have any no not really he he messed with a lot of um radial stuff he yeah. was kind of getting into it right when the bias flies were fading out in the cup series so uh, he messed with radials most of his life and this is kind of the the bias fly when we when he started helping us in late model was like he had to relearn the you know relearn invent the wheel so uh i feel like you're kind of in a box with bias flies you can't really do a lot with them so uh, but billy helps us out a lot and and going back to what you're talking about dad uh, giving me pointers and stuff he was the most worried one out of anybody at that tire test he oh was, I, he, he was the most worried at the one in december for sure he was still just as worried this time I mean, he go i'd go out and get in the car and he's like just please be careful please be careful uh he was just so worried that something was going to happen and that you know possibly a defect you know we could be in the wall and you know he told me before i went out he <laughs> just trying to scare me he was like this is a matter of life and death be careful out there so uh, definitely something you can't play with but Luckily, Rockingham does have soft walls. Uh, you're going 150 some, 160 mile an hour, and uh, you're going around the corner. And I just you glance up at the wall, and you're like, "Wow, I could imagine slamming that as hard as possible." And uh, you can just make your body shake. You know, you, you don't want to think about that. So, definitely might even be a fear factor race. You know, I know back in the day in the Cup Series, people talked about you know the Dale Earnhardts and Cale Yarborough's. You know, they weren't scared of it. They didn't have any fear, and that's why they were faster. You know, it might even be a track like that. And I feel like even when we went somewhere like Bristol, I even saw a little bit of that. So I know yeah. Rockingham, it's even, and I feel like I'm a pretty fearless driver, but going into that first corner every time wide open and never lifting, uh, that's a scary thing. And I honestly can't even imagine being around other cars right now. That was my next question. I know when we talked at, you know, at Rockingham in December, I asked you the question. I said, do you even lift? I mean, you're you're basically wide open yep, the whole time around the racetrack. Pretty much the first two or three laps until you see that fall off. But uh, the fall off, and back to the tires they picked, all the other tires, and you, you run five laps and you, you can still hold it wide open. You know, one set we even ran you know, 10 laps on them wide open. And then uh, all of a sudden they just crash and just fall, and you, you'd be two seconds off the pace. And you, you're thinking, you know, something's wrong with these tires. are about to, you know, something's going to happen. But luckily with the ones and that's why me and timothy were so happy about it they just had a gradual fall off from lap one you know two or three tenths every lap they'd slow down slow down slow down and as a driver that's a whole lot more comfortable you feel a lot more comfortable behind the car knowing that you're predicting how much slower it's going to be the next lap it's not just going to randomly fall on its face so uh, like i said i'm happy with the tire test looking forward to the race and i definitely think it'll be a good one 
Well, the caution's out. We're going to come down pit road, stick her up. We'll be back with Lane Riggs here momentarily after we stick her up, fuel up, take the green flag from Brandon Willard. You're listening to the Stickered Up Podcast, the official podcast with South Rock Carriers Cars Tour. Stickered Up, official podcast of the Cars Tour. Get the picture with Pit Row TV, the official home of Cars Tour TV, where winners watch their favorite races. If you can't make it to the track, tune in and let Tony Stevens and Hannah Newhouse bring you all the action for the Cars Tour. Pit Row TV. Check them out online. PitRow.tv. That's PitRow.tv. Don't change that channel. Delivery by truck. Part of the lifeblood of our nation. Solid Rock Carriers, LaGrange, North Carolina, gets the job done. Specializing in general freight and refrigerated foods. And here's an opportunity for you. You can join the Solid Rock Carriers team. If you have a CDL license and would like to find out more, call 252-521-1757. 252-521-1757. For Solid Rock Carriers, supporting short track racers and industry professionals. And the title sponsor of the Cars Tour. Race Cars, building championship race cars, provider of championship winning late model stock chassis. RNS Services, providing chassis, body hanging, turnkey purchases, parts, and baseline setups. Contact RNS today at 336-213-0736. That's 336-213-0736 to start building your next winning race car. That's RNS Race Cars, 336-213-0736, South Boston, Virginia. Needing new tires and trying to fit that in your budget doesn't have to be stressful. You just need to know where to go, and that's Thrifty Tire, your locally owned source for new and used tires. Two locations, Durham and Roxboro, and not just tires. Auto repair, wheels, brakes, alignment, and suspension. Online at thriftytireonline.com. The official car care service center, the official pit stop of the Stickered Up podcast. BST, Bryant Shock Technology, providing proven race-winning shock technology. The only thing that will shock are the affordable prices. BST offers sales, service, and repair of racing shocks, plus suspension-related components for a wide range of race cars. With 20-plus years of NASCAR experience and a decade as a shock specialist, contact PJ Bryant, 704-701-5585. That's 704-701-5585. Tell him you heard about BST on Stickered Up. Stickered Up. This is Lane Riggs, driver of the number 99 per your tank line, solid rock carriers, Turner Asphalt, late model stock. You're listening to the Stickered Up Podcast with Stephen Dunn and powered by Solid Rock Carriers. Green flag back out, Stickered Up Podcast, the official podcast of the Solid Rock Carriers Cars Tour. In studio guest, Lane Riggs. And Lane, we uh going to Caraway Speedway this weekend and uh somebody that was really important person to the Cars Tour, uh, David Saunders who unexpectedly passed away actually at Caraway Speedway um, about a year and a half ago. He was the lead tech inspector for the late model stock cars uh, for several years with the Cars Tour, and and we're going to honor him this weekend at Caraway, a speedway that was very near dear to his heart. And, you know, even though you're you're still pretty young at 18, but you're a Cars Tour veteran, and, and you've got some, some, some memories of, of David Saunders and wanted to give you the opportunity to kind of share some of the memories that you have of him and some of the stories we were talking off the air about some really cool stories that the rigs have with, with David Saunders. Yeah. A lot of people don't know that, uh, 
we call him Lightning. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna call him Lightning because that's how I've always known him. Uh, Lightning uh, actually helped Dad back in the day, back in the early '90s on his late model stocks, at working and racing at uh, Orange County and South Boston and places like that, uh, where he cut his teeth. And Lightning was a crew member. He was uh, the truck driver. Uh, I think he. I know that he was a truck driver. I'm not really sure exactly what he did. This is before my time, <laughs> a couple of years before I was born. But uh, Lightning was definitely a big help. Uh, he talked about late nights in the shop, him, my grandpa, my dad working late, you know, till the next morning until the sun came up. So uh, Lightning was a big help back then. They kind of faded ways and, and imparted ways and uh, ended up helping other people out when dad moved up. But uh, Lightning was definitely near and dear to us, and uh, we hate he's gone. And I know that he meant a lot of, to a lot of other people in the car store as well. Yeah, I think the one thing that, from from an outside standpoint, kind of looking in and, and being down there, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I felt like he was always he was a racer's tech official. He was, and maybe that's because of his background and 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 working on these cars and and trying to work in the gray area. Are there any instances going through tech that you remember um, over the last few years that where he saw something he didn't necessarily like, but he told you to fix it. I mean, are there any, anything like that? Yeah, uh, Lightning was always a, a great tech official. He was he was passionate about what he did, and uh, as a tech official, your job is to catch somebody doing the wrong thing, and uh, and really your main goal as a tech official is to even the field. Uh, a perfect race for a tech official is everybody comes through with the exact same cars, exact same setup, exact same everything. Uh, say the IROC series or you know, SRX series. That's what an official wants. Uh, they don't want. They're trying to steer people away from you know going in those gray areas so uh lightning was always very easy going with everybody and uh he was always just trying to check new things i know he one time he pulled all the lead out of a car just just to see what we had and uh he did things a little bit different that most tech officials don't do and like i said he was passionate he would go home and he'd think about stuff what can i check next week how are we gonna you know how are we gonna catch these guys how are we gonna keep the the guys that are dominating every race from doing that all the time so uh, like I said, he's passionate, and I feel like that's what the sport needs nowadays is a lot of people that are passionate about what they do, even on the tech and, and series officiating side. So you said your granddad gave him the, the nickname Lightning? He did. Uh, now, David Lightning was not the fastest man. Uh, he was very slow. He was very meticulous. My grandpa said he'd, he'd you know tell him to go get a half-inch bolt or whatever. He said he'd look at the bolt for probably 10 minutes before he put it on the car. He said, I just got to make sure it's you know perfect before it goes on. Uh, he was very meticulous, but very slow. And uh, he said, I mean, one day I think he was just like, come on, lightning. And uh, it just stuck. So a lot of people don't know that, that uh, my grandpa, Russell, and uh, he's a big part of my racing now, uh, gave him that nickname. So definitely I uh, feel like we were a big part of his life and he was a big part of ours. And um, like I said, it's just it's just pretty funny, funny story there. What would it mean for you to, to win this weekend? And Because the Cars Tour, I mean, you get to short track racing – you get there's a there's there's a handful of these racetracks. They have memorial races, and um, this is really the first one that the Cars Tour has ever done. And I think it's they're doing it for the right reason, based on his relationship with not just you but your family as a whole and and y'all's racing career as a family, the Riggs family. What it mean for you to win this weekend at Caraway? Yeah, it mean a lot. And you talk about these other memorial races, uh, for example, the Rodney Cook uh, Classic stuff like that. I never raced with Rodney. You know, I, I didn't have, really have any relation. I never really knew him that much. And uh, a lot of these memorial races aren't really directly tied to me. I know that 
these people meant a lot in racing, but uh, it's never somebody that I really knew or raced door to door with. So uh, it doesn't come as close to me, and I wouldn't say it doesn't mean a lot to me, but you know, it doesn't you know hit my heart like it would somebody that I was really close to. But uh, Lightning for sure, we definitely miss him. Uh, we ended up we were at his funeral and and uh, met his family and, and talked to them, and also uh, going to and knowing the person personally. And uh, being a part of their life and them being a part of your life uh, definitely means a lot. So uh, I feel like going into this race, we're just going to you know, do the best we can and, and try to make Lightning proud. And if we can get in victory lane, uh, we can say that he helped us out. Absolutely. Saturday night, um, cars to a race, a racetrack we've never been to. Uh, you said you're pretty good at predicting whether we're going to see a good race or, or one that might not be so good. Lane, what are your expectations as far as what the fans can look forward to on Saturday night? I, from what I felt at Caraway and what I tested, uh, like I said, I can usually tell pretty close how the lines are, how the track drives. If it's going to be, you know, if it's going to be a choo-choo train race, single file, and no passing, or it's going to be a pretty uh, intense barn burner race. And uh, I feel like Caraway is going to be one of those races that you're going to see a lot of excitement. Uh, it's pretty one groove. I mean, it might even look like a Martinsville race. You know, a lot of beating and banging. Uh, even you know possibly some moving each other out of the way and uh, using the bumpers and I feel like short track racing that's just part of it and and that's what you got to do so uh, I feel like the car store from what I ran there so far I feel like we should have been there a lot sooner than now uh, Caraway is a great track it's a it's a nice facility and uh, I never really ran there never really heard about I mean you always hear about Caraway but uh, you never go there and it's, it kind of reminds me of Ace like when the car store first went there that was our first time going to Ace and uh I know that they always say, oh, they race on Friday nights, you know, don't go to Ace. They, they're they crazy up there, this, that, and the other. And then we went to Ace, and I feel like Ace is one of our home tracks now. Yeah. So uh, going to Caraway, I feel like, could be one of those tracks as well and somewhere that we might even visit, you know, twice a year in the years in the future. But uh, another story I thought about right here is Dad's first time in a late model was actually at Caraway. Right. And uh, he didn't even remember it. We went to Caraway the other day, and my grandpa was like, I hadn't been here in 20-some years since you drove your late model. He's like, I drove a late model here. And uh, it was somebody else's car that he drove. But uh, the first couple and first laps that Dad ever drove in a, in a big car was at Caraway. So uh, definitely some history tied to the Riggs family, not directly to me, but before my time. But uh, if we could relive those memories and, and make some of our own, I'd, I'd be very happy. One of the things that I actually talked to Jared for our this afternoon, and we were talking about Caraway, and obviously he's got a little bit of experience there uh, running a modified and so that leads me to a question because I've had this conversation with, with a couple of cars tour drivers where people are getting the itch to do something a little different. I know we've talked about supers and potential trucks. Any thought on jumping in a modified given the opportunity? I tell you, I've always wanted to drive a modified. They're like everything you want in a race car. I mean, supers that step, offset chassis, more horsepower, lighter weight. That's what everybody wants. But a modified, you got a bigger tire, more horsepower, offset super lightweight it's the ultimate race car pretty much it's a modified it's, it's what everything that you want to modify a car to be is what it is so i've always wanted to jump in a modified with those super wide sticky tires but uh, just like i said haven't got the opportunity we don't really know much about it so it's not something that we could go by ourselves and race you know we'd yeah. be a big learning curve i mean it took us two or three years to learn a late model inside and out to be able to be competitive with it so uh, I mean, somewhere like if you went to Ace or a Caraway or something like that, and I had the opportunity to drive a modified, I'd, I'd love to drive one. But uh, my grandpa, he's always loved modifieds. And the Ricks family kind of got into racing from him. Uh, he used to help, I forget the man's name, but back when they used to race modifieds at Martinsville, like every weekend, yeah, he would always be there. And uh, 
gosh, I, I want to remember. It's on the tip of my tongue. But anyways, he always talks about that. And, and that's he was a kid. He was my age when he was uh, learning about racing. That's where he got into it, got out of it for a long time. And then uh, dad was about my age and then wanted to start racing. So he said, you know, we're going we're gonna to get into round track racing. That's kind of where it all started is in a modified. If you could get a modified, where would you want to race it at? I want to be at a track I know for sure. So you don't want to go to the stadium? No. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to go to Bowman Gray? I, I don't know about that. Yeah. <laughs> I hope not. But oh, I don't know. That that would be interesting what for about, real. What about you a know, cars I, tour race at, at, at the stadium? No. Would it work? No, it would not work. Well, I don't know. I think about that. Off the top of your head, you think, you know, Bowman Gray's... You, like everybody thinks, it's, modified, cra- it's crazy. Yeah. Modified's crazy, yeah. intense battles. Corey Latham, exactly. That's the first person I think of when I think of. Bowman I think I think right. of Burt Myers, right? And uh, yeah. Tim Brown. Those yeah. are the two. I think they're always battling up there. But uh, with the class of the field that I think we have at the Cars Tour, and knowing that we're going to have to race against each other the next weekend, I think that we could probably make it work. I mean, we went to Wake County, and I was. I think everybody in the pits was skeptical about it. Yeah. Knew that they think, oh, you know, none of us are going to make it home. And it was one of the cleanest races we had all year. Kurt Ipock and I talked about this at lunch today because um, I'm actually dragging him to Wake County on Friday night. And I saw, you know what? Honestly, that might be one of the best cars races that they've ever had. And I think it's because everybody thought that they, y'all were just going to trash each other and it's going to be a rolling graveyard. And it wasn't that. I mean, I know there were a couple cars there at the end that that they got dinged up, but for the most part, like you said, you guys are a much higher level of late model stock car driver. You guys have to race each other every week. You're going to have to show up, and you're going to have to race against Bobby McCarty and Minnie Tyrell and Brandon. But you got to race against them all year long. So you guys have got to have. So I think that I agree with you 100 percent on that. That that mutual respect that you have, you could probably go to some of these racetracks that typically you probably wouldn't think would be good racing yeah i agree with that and i've even thought about it in the past you know what's sad i've never actually been to bowman gray i've never seen a race there i, I gotta go this summer sometime well you i tell you what neither have i you and i are gonna go to bowman gray on a saturday we to and we're gonna hang out with the crowds they have there are ridiculous yes i mean if every short track had that crowd you know short track racing would be the biggest thing there i think was. they have like ten thousand people there every, every weekend. weekend every weekend for good reason yeah i mean Maybe we'll even get Morgan to go with us to to Bowman Gray. So I'm bringing Morgan to Caraway this weekend. Oh, really? Is this his first cars race he's been no, to? He's no, he's been, been he, his first cars race was at Franklin County. Oh, interesting one. That was a race. Yeah. We had a sadly we weren't a part of the, the winning battle. It was uh it was definitely it was a fun day and uh and then he obviously went to uh he, he went to Greenville Pickens with me at the end of the year for the old North State Nationals and Honestly, that's where we kind of spawned the idea of the Stickered Up podcast, which is kind of cool. That's where we actually had the conversation with Jack and made all this happen. But, um, man, I'm really excited, um, really excited for you a week and a half ago at Ace. Um, really, you know, I, I want you to win that that championship that's eluded you the last couple of years and um, really appreciate um, everything that you do, your professionalism, your friendship. Um, and again, man, you went at Caraway. We'll have you back on in two weeks. And uh, like I said, I wish you the best of luck. I do want to give you the opportunity, as always, to, to thank all those people that get you to the racetrack um, every week. And I'll give you the floor. Yeah, I, I appreciate it. Thank you for having me on. And, and same to you, Stephen, with the friendship. And 
uh, being with you at the racetrack all the time and, and having me on here and giving me this opportunity. So uh, thank you, and uh, thanks to all the people on the car, all the people that help us out get us to all these racetracks. Uh, per your tank lines, uh, Solid Rock Carriers, Kurt Ipock, uh, Turner Asphalt, uh, Creech Heating and Air, Gary Creech, uh, Jacobs Glass Company, United Auto Parts of Durham, DreamWorks Motorsports, Massengill Auto Service, uh, Glen Tire Sales, and Riggs Auto Repair. Uh, a lot of people that are local that help us out a lot, and I uh, hope to see me succeed one day, and I hope, hope I can make them proud. Well, you're doing a great job, man. And, um, you know, it's uh, Bobby McCarty made a good point. Um, I actually was listening to him on Race 22 with Doc last night on their Facebook Live, and he made a really good point. Um, you have a lot of people in driver intros that cheer for you. You got a lot that boo you too, you know, and, and, and Bobby made a good point. He said, and, and Dale Earnhardt made this point years ago. I'd be more concerned if they weren't making no noise. Exactly. Right. So you, you've definitely, um, you've definitely made a name for yourself, um, in, in the abilities that you have behind the wheel of a stock car. And again, man, um, wish you nothing but the best of luck this weekend. And, Again, thanks for coming on the podcast. Yep, I appreciate it. Thanks to all the listeners listening to the mean Stevens good stories, and I hope I see y'all again, and y'all can hear me in two weeks. Hey, we'll we'll we'll, we'll go ahead and put it tentatively on the calendar. Have Lane back here in two weeks. Final caution of this episode of Stickered Up. We're going to come down pit road. Sticker up. We'll be back with the white flag here momentarily. You're listening to the Stickered Up podcast, the official podcast of the Solid Rock Carriers Car Store. Stickered Up, official podcast of the Cars Tour. BST, Bryant Shock Technology, providing proven race-winning shock technology. The only thing that will shock are the affordable prices. BST offers sales, service, and repair of racing shocks, plus suspension-related components for a wide range of race cars. With 20-plus years of NASCAR experience and a decade as a shock specialist, contact P.J. Bryant, 704-701-5585. That's 704-701-5585. Tell him you heard about BST on Stickered Up. Stickered Up. Needing new tires and trying to fit that in your budget doesn't have to be stressful. You just need to know where to go, and that's Thrifty Tire, your locally owned source for new and used tires. Two locations, Durham and Roxboro, and not just tires. Auto repair, wheels, brakes, alignment, and suspension. Online at thriftytireonline.com. The official car care service center, the official pit stop of the Stickered Up podcast. Get the picture with Pit Row TV, the official home of Cars Tour TV, where winners watch their favorite races. If you can't make it to the track, tune in and let Tony Stevens and Hannah Newhouse bring you all the action for the Cars Tour. Pit Row TV. Check them out online. PitRow.tv. That's PitRow.tv. Don't change that channel. Delivery by truck. Part of the lifeblood of our nation. Solid Rock Carriers, LaGrange, North Carolina, gets the job done. Specializing in general freight and refrigerated foods. And here's an opportunity for you. You can join the Solid Rock Carriers team. If you have a CDL license and would like to find out more, call 252-521-1757. 252-521-1757 for Solid Rock Carriers. Supporting short track racers and industry professionals. And the title sponsor of the Cars Tour. 
Southwest Race Cars, building championship race cars, provider of championship winning late model stock chassis. RNS Services, providing chassis, body hanging, turnkey purchases, parts, and baseline setups. Contact RNS today at 336-213-0736. That's 336-213-0736 to start building your next winning race car. That's RNS Race Cars, 336-213-0736, South Boston, Virginia. This is Marcus Richmond with RNS Race Cars. You're listening to Stick It Up Podcast with Stephen Dunn. White flag here. Stickered Up Podcast, the official podcast of the Solid Rock Carriers Cars Tour. And again, we'll be at Caraway Speedway on Friday and Saturday this weekend for the David Lightning Saunders Memorial 125, 125 green flag laps for the late model stock cars. That green flag will fly at 7 o'clock on Saturday. Uh, Events at the racetrack will begin on Friday afternoon. Uh, First practice for the late model stock cars will go from 3 to 4. Uh, another practice from 4.30 to 5, and final practice 5.30 to 6 o'clock on Friday night. Uh, garage opens at noon on Saturday. Late model stock cars will hit the racetrack for their first practice of Saturday at 2.15, and then they'll hit happy hour practice, final practice at 3 o'clock. Um, They'll have some local divisions as well. Grandstands open at 5 o'clock. Single car qualifying for the late model stock cars, 5.45. Driver intros at 6.30, 6.45 pre-race. And again, with the late model stock cars, also Caraway's uh, divisions, the mini stocks will run 25 laps. The Challengers will run 50 laps, U-Cars 30 laps, and the 602 Mods will run 35 laps at Caraway Speedway. You can get tickets um, in advance, carawayspeedway.com. General admission tickets, $25. Trackside parking, also $25. Pit Pass is available by Pit Pay, $45. Um, Children 11 and under are free. Um, If you can't make it to... Caraway this weekend, Sophia, North Carolina. We encourage you to reach out to our friends at Pit Road TV, Tony Stevens. Hannah Newhouse will have all the live coverage of the Cars Tour, David Saunders 265. I want to uh, thank all the people that make this podcast happen. Uh, Our friends at Solid Rock Carriers, Mr. Kirk Ipock, Thrifty Tire, Justin Johnson, BTS, PJ Bryant, Marcus Richmond at RNS Race Cars, and again, Tony Stevens at Pit Row TV, Dave Perkins, Morgan Patrick pushing the buttons, making me sound like a gym. Until next week, we hope to see you at the racetrack this weekend. Caraway Speedway, the David Saunders 265. Thanks for listening to the Stickered Up Podcast. Be sure to share this podcast. New episodes of Stickered Up will be available wherever you download your podcasts.